You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. You are listening to the Christian Business Podcast on Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. I have an amazing guest for you today. It's a a friend of Daniel and mine and someone who's incredibly special to us. Rachel Weatherly. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. So I'm super excited to have Rachel on. I met her last year in Adelaide when Daniel and I visited uh, Field of Dreams with uh, Todd and Rachel. And she has uh, an incredible legal practice, but she also has a lot of amazing revelation around business and prophetically what God is doing with Christians in the context of business. So I'm super excited to have her share with us her story, her journey. I hope you learn something from it. I know I'm going to learn a lot because some of these conversations we actually haven't had firsthand. I just know she's full of revelation. So I'm super excited to hear it myself. So a little bit about Rachel. Rachel graduated from Adelaide University um, in the mid-2002 with a Bachelor's of Arts and a Bachelor's of Law and completed her graduate diploma in, in legal practice at the end of 2002. In November 2002, she commenced to working in the areas of family, law, and wills and estates. Rachel has uh, been admitted to and in practice as a barrister and a solicitor, which for Americans, it's a litigator and, and a lawyer of the Supreme Court of uh, South Australia on um, in June uh, 2003 and to the High Court of Australia in September 2003. Rachel is specialized in the area of family law since 2003 and also practices in the areas of wills and estates. She runs a, a thriving practice called Weatherly and Associates that she owns and is a member of the Law Society of South Australia and the Law Council of Australia. And so I'm super excited to, to have her here today. In addition to her professional resume, which is very impressive, she is a pastor at Field of Dreams with her husband, Todd Weatherly. She runs the worship, does a lot of the back-end operational stuff that you don't see, but which is super important, and also is the director of the internship program that mentors people who are really trying to get into ministry. So thank you so much for you know, being here. I just am super excited to hear your thoughts on a myriad of subjects. Wonderful. So just to start off, let's talk a little bit about your background and career and education. Um, you have a really interesting way in which you grew up as a, as a, a, kid, a kid of missionaries. So how did you go from that and transition into law? How did the Lord lead you there? You know, it, it's interesting. Uh, the, the reason I got into um, law was because my, my parents told me I needed to put my arguing to good use essentially at seven years old and so from that moment <laughs> I had my trajectory set um, to law and interestingly from that moment on there was no question for me um, that I was going to to be a lawyer I um studied throughout high school. I was an average student. Um, I have, I, you know, I had good grades, but I worked, had to work really hard um, for my grades. It, it didn't come, um, you know, naturally to get the A's. I, I had to work really hard for them. But 
even all through that, there was never any question in my mind, this is what I'm, I'm going to achieve. And I got into, um, I got into university through a Bachelor of Arts and majored in psychology um, and languages. From there, I got into my Bachelor of Laws. Um, straight out of university, um, I got a work experience that became a job. 75% of my class didn't get jobs for a number of years out of university um, with substantially better grades um, than, than I had received. But there was a substance of faith that at the time I, I was unaware was faith. I just knew. And it actually drew me into, um, my, my belief drew me into it without any doubt. Um, and looking back on it now, I understand that that was the grace of God that had birthed a faith in me that drew me into it. Um, despite everything that was happening around, three universities had opened at the time doing law. So the, the, it was flooded with graduating uh, legal students. Um, and I went straight into a job um, and, and was never without a job from the day I graduated. Wow, that's amazing. So <laughs> now from there, I actually want to talk a little bit about how you went on to establish your own law practice in your, on your own firm. What was that journey like to actually uh, step out on faith and do that? And then I would like you to segue into how you think about building a Christ-centered enterprise and how he is integrated into your law firm, just keys that you've, you know, picked up over the, the last years, you know, a couple of years of just running this practice. Yeah, so um, I, I started in um, a secular law firm. Um, it wasn't a great experience to start with. Um, I was told to put on a pretty frock and go out and get business, wow. <laughs> uh, which, was, which was a shock for me. Um, you know, I, I was from a missionary background. I'm a pastor's kid. I'm a missionary kid. I was homeschooled until my final couple of years. Of, <laughs> I had been through university, so, you know, uh, my, my eyes had been awakened, but I, I was immediately shocked by, by the lack of, of righteousness and justice within the justice system. It, it actually, um, to this day, impacted me um, because I hadn't realised that. Um, I was very idealistic about the justice system, that it would be the justice for the people. Um, but the Lord pulled me out of there into a law firm that was run by four Christian partners, um, which was um, a wonderful experience to sort of be surrounded by that while growing up in, in, in legal practice. Um, Towards the end of 2011, beginning of 2012, my husband and I felt really strongly uh, a pull towards moving out into business. But we needed the word of the Lord. Um, the legal, for, legal fraternity was in um, crisis. Uh, the legal system isn't what um, it was. The profession didn't have the respect it used to have. Um, sort of everything was going downhill. There were a number of areas of law that had just been shut down by the government. And so every major law firm was going into the area of family law. Wow. So to step out on your own 
um, in an area as a sole practitioner uh, was extremely risky. Mm. And so I had done all of my due diligence. I had researched the market. I had researched the costs. I had done all of that. Um, but we wanted the word of the Lord. Um, and so that's what, that's what we pursued for months before we ever stepped out. It's like we've got everything sorted, but we won't walk out until we walk out on the word of the Lord. Um, and so I had, I received a number of words from the Lord over that time. The Lord spoke to me um, one afternoon. I'd just done a 14-hour shift and I made it to um, our soaking service at church that night just towards the end. And I walked up the front to the altar and the Lord said to me, I will make a way where there is no way. Mm. And I immediately went into this encounter where I found myself um, on a beach in Hawaii, you know, the reeds and the, uh, and the, the trees, and I was immediately sustained and my soul was renewed as though I'd just been on a week's holiday. And so that entire feeling around I will make a way where there is no way and he restored my soul, I can still feel it each time I come to that point of, of fatigue um, or each time I've, I've pushed so hard and I can go back into that encounter. It's, it's a coordinate in the spirit. I can go straight back to there. And I can receive like restoration for my soul. So that was a mate. That's a, been a major coordinate um, for me going back into that place each time that I need refreshing. Um, and so being able to not just receive the word of the Lord, but the encounter with it um, was was really um, impactful to me. Um, the Lord spoke to me that He would cause my boundaries to fall in pleasant places. And then interestingly, a week or so later, I received, I was just reading a, um, an, uh, uh, what was it? Well, I was reading in, in Proverbs 16, uh, verse 3, in a particular interpretation that said, commit your business to the Lord and he will cause it to prosper. Most translations say work or commit what you're doing to the Lord. But if you drill down on the Hebrew there, that word business actually means like art, it means business, it means labour, it means your occupation, your workmanship, it even means your needlework. And I, so I was, it's so broad uh, what, what the Lord said, whatever you give to me, I will cause it to prosper. Um, and so those were the, the words that I had received from the Lord, but my husband a few weeks later received the word of the Lord, I am giving you a law firm. Mm. And that was the word that, that we walked out on. Now, a bit of background about that is that when my husband says he got the word of the Lord, he got the word of the Lord. And he had proven that in many different areas of our marriage. So when he said it, I knew I could join my faith with his and walk out on that. When we were, were first married, I had... Um, I have a general faith. I had a general faith. I believe God's good. I believe I'm saved. I believe he had a good plan for me. But my concept of that sort of was that I would look back at the end of my life and I would realise the tapestry of work and the goodness of God that had happened. But I, I didn't have that kind of faith that I could co-labour with him to make something beautiful, that, I could be, that he would be specific in the moment. Mm. 
And so when we were first married, my husband said, all right, let's, let's sit down. Let's work out what do we need? What do we need the Lord to move on? And we wrote out this whole um, list of things from a lower interest rate on our home loan, a laptop to work from home. And in fact, we needed a tree removed from the border of our property, which, you know, the government wouldn't allow us uh, to move. Within weeks, we got a lower interest rate. My boss bought me a new laptop and full office set up for my home. And the government itself came around and removed the tree. So it's on this background of little by little, step by step, like we had built this faith to walk out on the word of the Lord because he had been faithful every single time. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't a, a, a random jumping out of the boat wishful thinking. It was stepping out of the substance of the word of the Lord. So that's sort of where, that's where we walked out, um, of where we were at into our new love firm. So um, that is really cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, part of what this podcast is to be about is to inspire people to dream big. So the guests that we feature are in many ways, as you know, inspirational and aspirational. Another thing is to equip people. And I think that what you're laying out are some principles that the audience and, and even me can listen to and just glean from. The first thing is, because um, I often find that, that Christians... And as we walking out, I was talking about this in my, in my business class, doing business in a kingdom context, in a kingdom way is not intuitive. Yeah. It is actually very difficult to do because you're using muscles that you really don't really need when you're sitting in your soul realm and you're operating out of your soul, you're educated. I'm educated. I know some things, you know, some things we can just combine what we know and have a bigger uh, business, but it doesn't work like that in the kingdom because uh, the spiritual things could really confounds the wise. And so I like the fact that what you're able, what I'm able to extrapolate from this and what the audience is, is some keys to walking in kingdom business. And one is you still have to put in the work. Yes. You do your market research. You look at the cost analysis, you look at, you know, kind of what your services would be or your, or your product, what, you know, what the revenues could potentially generate, what the market could potentially actually retain, what makes sense for a certain area, what type of services you have to do the due diligence that is necessary in the context here. But then that in itself is not enough because as I talk about, and as I teach business is a spiritual activity. Yeah. It is a spiritual, I'm going to talk a little bit about that later, but it is a real spiritual activity. So I love the fact that you have that peace, but then you didn't move until you have the word of the Lord. Yes. What's, what's even more, which is just as concerning is people who have the word of the Lord, but then don't do their research. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, you want to make cookies, but you never baked before. You don't even have an oven. Oh, I know, but the Holy Spirit will teach me. <laughs> there's a partnership what's so beautiful about the triune nature of man is that it's body soul and spirit and our spirits are are meant to collaborate with the soul and what the soul has to offer to establish agreement on the earth yeah. and so what you know you could not start a law firm 
if you didn't have a law degree and moving in that context. So yeah. your, what your spirit may have had a mandate for, your soul really couldn't accomplish on the earth unless it was in agreement with the full plan of actually being educated in that context. So I love the way you're bringing this out and talking about it kind of at a granular level at a, and, and, and in other ways at a higher level, because these are the kind of things that I think are going to help people connect the dots about why some things are not moving. Yeah. So thank you absolutely. for that. And it's really that, that part about uh, where the Lord says, give your business or commit your business. That's a day by day. Mm -hmm. That's an every day because we tend to Ooh. take back the business every time we, 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 we don't consider the Lord in each decision. Like it's a day by day and it really does exercise the soul in yielding. Yes. Having to every day surrender that. Oh my gosh. I was just today while literally a few hours before we recorded this, I had a number of uh, business type concerns that I needed to get addressed. I wanted to hire a new marketing person. I'm thinking about, you know, what else to teach and offer on um, the business courses platform. There's a client who called me who wants to do an engagement. Um, there's about five things. And so I literally had to go into prayer and ask God to open up the books yes. on every single thing and say, yes, no. Do I take the client? What is it for? What's yeah. the purpose of this? What is the word of the Lord for this? And, and I have just kind of made the decision that I'm not moving until I hear the word of the Lord on that specific thing. Even if it's as minute as, should I take this client? Yeah. Should I, should I hire this marketing firm or should I wait? Absolutely. Every time giving it back and it, and it really, you, your soul really battles with it, especially when you're educated. Mm -hmm. because you're educated to consider those things without the Lord. Your, so your brain has been specifically molded into this um, understanding and pulling things apart in a very specific way that's left the Lord out of it. Very few university degrees, I don't personally know any, invite the Lord into the space of molding the brain of how to think in, in business or, or law or, or any of those areas. Oh, that's so true. It's so it goes against everything we're taught. And, and we are smart enough to, to make those decisions. And so then we, we rely on those things. And we aren't smart enough. Mm -hmm. We are maybe in the natural. We've been trained a particular way. But if we want kingdom, if we want to walk in the path of, if we want to walk in the blessing of the Lord, we have to walk in the path of the Lord. Mm. And so we, if we, every time we step off, um, and then ask the Lord to bless that decision. We've missed it. We're not even on the right pathway. And That's it is so it's a fight of the soul to keep surrendering and yielding back. You know what helped me with that is the understanding that the reason why we, when, we're, when we're setting up a, a Christ-centered, a Jesus Christ-centered enterprise and doing a kingdom business, the exercise of considering the Lord and giving it to him is not an exercise. It is an exercise of submission, but not for submission's sake. It's because there literally is a script and a scroll 
that if you followed to a T would get you to an incredible, incredibly amazing expected end. And so it's more about submission to the book. Yes. Than it is about arbitrary steps. Yes. That we're taking to just show that we're faithful. Yes. It's, it's a submission to a higher plan and a superior strategic imperative, a, a superior strategic strategy that we haven't even maybe considered. It's superior. We're pulling down from superior wisdom. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and we lose nothing. Mm-hmm. We, we, we gain so much. And I think that that issue of the book mm-hmm. and understanding that the business has a book, understanding that we are, we are walking out something pre-planned, pre-ordained that has wisdom already laid up for it, provision already laid up for it when we walk in that path. If, if you consider your business from that perspective, this is a heavenly book I'm landing, it makes it so much easier. It makes it so much easier to, to walk in the way of the Lord because you're just walking out the, the book. That's so good. Can you talk about anything else that you've, any other revelations or tips for people who are trying to create or run Christ-centered enterprises, other things that the Lord has either given you to do, revealed to you, and the keys that have, that have worked for you? Yeah, look, I think that um, considering it as a spiritual entity mm-hmm. uh, is a really important mindset to have about it. I have seen um, a lot of Christian businesses or, or, or uh, businesses that, you know, are run by Christians, which are, are two different um, things, but where they undersell their, their product or they undersell their business from a wrong um, understanding of kingdom stewardship and principles. Hmm. And I really am a firm believer that you need to pitch your product or your service where it belongs, um, what its true value is. When you do that, then you give room for the Holy Spirit to go, but for this one, I want you to give a lower price or I want you, like from my perspective, um, I I pitch my hourly rate as is um, the amount that is um, standard in our city. Um, but then when the Holy Spirit says, okay, you do a pro bono case for that person, you'll take on legal case for that person, legal aid, then I can do that. Um, but I haven't undersold my business or my product from a, a false humility perspective um, or even from uh, the perspective of, of, I think people get intimidated um, by, well, you're a Christian, and so why are you charging that amount? Well, actually, that's my value. Um, and being really confident about your value, that, that somehow being a Christian product or service doesn't devalue you. In fact, it increases your value. But pitching your price um, point accurately is really important because it really sets up um, your value in the marketplace, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you on that. And say, okay, because you don't want to undersell and make yourself less valuable in the industry and you don't want to overpitch. 
you want to be right and and that i think that's something that uh, christian businesses don't pursue enough the word of the lord on where to pitch their product um, or service so that's one thing the other thing is what the lord spoke to me specifically specifically about was advertising I have uh, tried every which way to advertise and I have received a total number of zero clients from all forms of advertising <laughs> that I have done. But every time we've taken it to the Lord and we've gone back to the original word of the Lord and we go to him, you said that you were giving us a law firm and you said that you would cause our boundaries to fall in pleasant places. And you said, if we commit our business to you, that you would cause it to prosper. And we take that to prayer. And usually I call my husband on the phone. I'm like, all right, I need more. I need more business. This is like really slowing down. Within about three or four days, I need to call him and say, stop praying. I can't take any more. <laughs> I can't cope with anything more. You've just got to stop. Um, and I don't know why it keeps taking me, you know, I'll do some advertising and it won't work. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, the prayer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I want by that one first? Every time, time and time again. Um, so now we just go straight straight for that. And I, I do, um, you know, have brochures. I have a website. I do all of those things. But it is always the prayer that actually leads people to that um, to that place, almost all of my business is word of mouth. And so making sure that you actually then walk in the characteristics um, that allow the flow of the Holy Spirit to come into your business. That means when you say you're going to be somewhere, you're there and you're there on time. That means your word is your bond. You know, you don't play the games of, well, I didn't sign a contract or I'm trying to know if you say it you mean it and so and so the principles and characteristics of kingdom business have to be the principles and characteristics of the kingdom um, and we don't belong to this world we can't play the games of this world and i don't mean being a doormat but i mean being truthful um, and you can be strong and truthful you know you you can you can have character um, and be successful because that's kingdom. So in my industry, it's not just about not lying. It's about not misleading. Mm. So I have to be able to win cases based off truth um, and that allow truth to be enough. Um, and that's not common um, in my industry. You, you don't necessarily lie, but you manipulate or you don't tell the whole truth or you shadow a few things, but you can't expect the blessing of the Lord to land on those types of things. So you have to have be of upright character. All of Proverbs talks about the righteous man, the righteous man, the righteous man. Um, and so we have to display those characteristics if we then want the resulting um, blessings of the Lord. Oh, that's good. That is really good. You know, it's interesting. Um, for those who are listening, who have a business or thinking about get, getting a business, and if one of your primary concerns is your revenue model, 
you know, in terms of how are you actually going to get customers? How are you going to acquire customers? Um, it's, it, it seems like God always has a preferential path for every business. Yes. That is different. Yes. About how you, he wants to get customers for your business. And in some businesses, it's okay to do a digital marketing strategy or advertising strategy and, and know you have a reliable 50 or 100 referrals every month. And for some people, he's like, nope, you're just going to have to get down on your knees and pray them in. Yep. And you just got to know the season that you're in and his marketing strategy for you. Um, I was in the courts of heaven for another business that I'm a part of, and he had a strategy for market expansion that I literally would not have thought of, particularly for the place where the business is. And it was around going into geographical locations. And it was clear that he was, you know, saying that this business should get into wholesale. And that wasn't at all what I thought would make sense for this stage of the business. But if you just follow, but if I, wanted to follow my own way and do a digital marketing strategy or come up with something or even try to pray it down and listen to Rachel's advice, it wouldn't work because that's not what's in that book. Yep. And so I think as you're listening to her story, you should be going back to, you know, understanding the principle behind it, which is what is God saying for me and how can I follow along with what he's saying for me in my business? Absolutely. And that's, and that it's always seasonal as well. The moment we think that we've got, <clears throat> got the Lord pegged yeah. and this is the way that he's going to do it forever, he'll shift it because he wants us that continual reliance, that continual coming back to the book, coming back to what, what he has. And, and in different seasons, you know, we go, when we're going through generational changes so quickly. And so continuing being, okay, what's on the front foot? You know, I really have a dislike for being, for, you know, the, um, the label conservatives. We're called the conservatives in politics and we're called the conservatives in business. And I have a real dislike for that because, yes, we have values that are unchanging, but they're not conservative. They are unchanging from, from age to age. So I don't see that as conservative. But the other thing is we should be progressives in terms of business. We should know before it hits what the next way to do it is, what the next thinking is, how to be ahead of the curve and not always behind and trying to protect old ways, but we should be leading new ways. And you can only do that if you're looking ahead on a scroll and asking the Lord, all right, give me the heads up on this what's the next way um, that this particular industry is going to go let me get ahead of it and be ready right at the forefront of a new wave of industry a new wave of thinking a new wave of communication see the legal system is is such a conservative system but there it's not going to last like that there's, there's going to be people going to want to do it online and people are going to want to do it without coming into a lawyer's office and paying an hourly rate. So what is the next thing that the Lord has? And so being able to prepare for the next wave of everything that comes through, that's being on the, the front foot 
um, constantly and asking him, okay, in the next season, the way that, you know, you raise children um, when they're babies and the, the way that you raise them in their teens and the way that you raise them when they're, it's not the same. You've got to keep going back to the Lord. What's, what's the new strategy? They're hearing differently now. Um, they're learning differently now. You know, people are receiving information differently. Like, how do I get ahead of that? That's, that's as kingdom business, that's where we should be at the forefront, the progressives. I love it. That is so good. I love that. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, when you face resistance? Yes. And I didn't say if, I said when. <laughs> what tools do you use for breakthrough? In the last number of years, it's the courts of heaven. I had discovered um, probably about three years ago um, that my law firm had suddenly become hidden. It couldn't be seen. Um, it wasn't being seen um, by clients. It had gone sort of into a place of hiddenness. Now, this coincided with me stepping up into areas of ministry um, and stepping up into seeing my business more as a holistic component of what I'm called to rather than a separate entity from myself. Um, so as I stepped up um, in visibility in the spirit, my business seemed to disappear. Um, yeah, nobody could really find, it's like nobody knew where to locate my firm. All of my clientele sort of dried up. Um, a lot of people uh, reported to me later that they had tried to call through. Um, my phone line was dead or disconnected. Um, messages didn't get through from my secretary to me. Um, things just went bad um, and it went into a place of hiddenness now my husband and I then took this to the courts and my husband called my spirit forward and I'll, I'll it's a it's a really lengthy um, encounter so I'll sort of just summarize it but um, I went um, high over the city to see the physical location of our business and I saw it as a black hole. It had been completely covered in this black tar type um, substance. And you just couldn't see it. Um, so what we did is we called in um, the angelic realm and I couldn't shift the substance over the building as a whole. But the Lord then asked me to lay down a rainbow, which is the word of God, from the front entrance all the way through, up the lift, down the corridor and to my door. And what happened when that window, because I have an exterior window, that window then became um, light. The black substance could, could only drip either side and not through that window. Um, and people could see my business, even though the rest of the building um, was in darkness. Um, that's a whole nother, the whole building situation is a whole nother story. But the Lord provided a way for me to make my office visible 
based on the word of the Lord coming in from the street to my actual um, suite. Um, and so then walking out of that, I was immediately faced with um, coming right up to my face and laughing um, at me was the Wizard of Oz, the, you know, just the big head. Um, and then a picture of Luna Park, which in Australia is um, like a, it's the entrance to an um, amusement park, but it's a big face like clown face that's essentially a mocking laughter type, um, type face. And so they both came at me at once. Um, and I asked the Lord what, what, what it was. And he, it was Freemasonry. And it said, he said to me, you will not succeed because you have not made me an offering. Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, and then, then we invited the, the uh, angelic hosts in. There, were not, there was a battle. Um, and a bit of that was resolved. That is not resolved. Um, that is not resolved completely um, at this point. It's, it's a battle that I've had to continue because the entire city appears to have submitted to this and made it an offering. And so because I continue to refuse to bring an offering um, to this principality, um, there continues to be a battle over my business. So I'm just going to pause right there. Yeah. He's don't lose track of where you are in the story. You got it? Got it. Yep. Okay. You, okay. So I was, we actually, I, I brought this up to Daniel when we were dating and we actually brought it up on, on the first podcast that we did. And that is when you look at any industry, any, anything that sits on the seven mountains in any geographical location, there are gatekeepers at different stages of a business's or churches or whatever's life. Yes. And what we learn in business school are um, kind of like fables about how a business got successful. They give mm. you principles. Oh, this is the, this is the revenue model. This is the profit, um, you know, profit model they use. They, they had a competitive advantage. This was our IP. What they don't tell you is that, there are offerings given to these gatekeepers. There are deals made at these particular junction points in a company's history that is really underpinning success. Yes. And we, as outsiders, as Christians, we are locked out of so much of the riches and the wealth of this world. And we are using the same business principles, but the yeah. stuff just doesn't work for us. Yes. And we have to understand that that's what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And what you described was exactly that concept. And so no matter where you are, you are trading through a door. You yes. are trading through a gate. Our gate is Jesus Christ. Yes. But we are existing in an ecosystem that are trading through some incredibly corrupt gates. And that's what we're navigating in business yeah. as kingdom citizens. Okay, I just had to say that. <laughs> that was great. Fascinating. It's fascinating as you like increase in, in business or visibility, what you come up against. Oh yeah. And what you're shut out of. Um, it, it it is really um, 
it is really something to, to behold. And, and there, is, there are whole systems within the city that I live in um, that I, I know of in the natural um, and further systems that I know of in um, the spirit world um, that have such a hold um, on our city. Um, and so in order to combat that, the strategy that the Lord um, has given, well, like there were a couple of strategies. One, um, yourself and Daniel came back in um, to my business and we spoke about um, that at some point I had lost the papers mm. um, for that. So we, we called those back. Um, but the strategy that the Lord has, has given me is that the offering that I'm to give to him. And so bringing an offering to the right altar um, in complete defiance to the offering that's expected of me um, through the principalities. Now, when I had this encounter, I had no concept about this, uh, these, these fables, these offerings that, that I just had no understanding of that. I'd just been walking out you know, my journey according to what the Lord um, had said at the time. And so that encounter was quite extreme. Um, and then I had to go and sort of backfill some of that and go, okay, what, what are, I, I know that um, Freemasonry is quite a big issue in our city. It was founded um, on Freemasonry. You couldn't be a landowner in our city without being a member. Um, so that was the, like, that's the foundations. And so landowners, businesses, everyone had to submit to this principality. And so, yeah, it's, it's been a, um, it's been a journey, uh, combating some of that and going back into the courts of heaven. Okay. What next? Um, and okay, time to bring an offering. And so doing the step-by-step step, um, of what the Lord's saying in the courts of heaven, but also saying, you know, with, with the business, okay, do you want to transition this business? Is this business coming to an end or do I need to keep fighting? I think that's a genuine question. Sometimes we fight beyond the book. Mm. The book's come to an end. Um, and, and we're still, still fighting for something that the Lord's transitioned. And so always making sure that, okay, the, the book's still open or the book's still going, the scroll's still got time, time on it. Um, because if, if it's come to an end, then letting go of that and making sure that our identity is never in business, it's always in Christ. Because I think that's why we fight beyond a scroll sometimes because we've got our identity so entwined um, in being an entrepreneur or being in business, being a, a, a lawyer, be, and that takes us beyond the grace of the Lord for that because I, I, our identity is in that instead of sonship. Mm. That's really good. So... Can you talk about, because I know you deal a lot with the courts yes. and um, I've actually heard you speak on, on the courts when um, I listened to your um, podcast with Daryl. And so yeah. I, heard, I heard some of your, your revelation there. Can you talk a little bit about how God led you into that, particularly with your 
vantage point as a lawyer in understanding the natural courts. And um, just from a natural and spiritual perspective, what you've seen, you know, the revelations you've gotten from the courts, how those breakthroughs are manifesting, even in your church, just how that, to me, it seems like the courts of heaven is a lot where, is a landing pad where you're, what you're doing in the natural and what you're doing in the spiritual kind of converge. So I'd, I'd just be interested in exploring that a little bit. Look, I've always found that so fascinating, um, being called into law and then being felt this pull into ministry. Um, and to me, it was like a switching between two brains, like this logic brain and then this spiritual brain and my left and my right brain. And I, I felt for a long time really pulled um, and the Lord spoke to me first about worship because I've been a worship leader since I was, I was 15 years old. Um, as I was starting to read and really delve into the courts of heaven, the Lord showed me first that my um, occupation as a lawyer and what I did as a worship leader were both throne room um, occupations. That in each case, I was coming before a throne. In each case, I was coming um, for uh, judgments to be rendered, even in, in, in that worship context, like judgments being rendered. As we praise him, judgments are rendered. But the more in depth that I got into um, the courts of heaven, which I absolutely love, I find it such a liberating um, modality um, of prayer and modality of actually pulling um, justice out of heaven and landing it. I, I love the courts of heaven. As I delve more into that, I could just see that the Lord from age seven had set me up to actually be um, uh, in the courts of heaven as a lawyer for other people. So taking, I take people in to the courts of heaven every week through our ministry. Um, we go in on the basis of breaking um, cycles on the basis of someone's book. So it's always on the book. And you take the book into heaven and say, Lord, you said, this is what you said. Um, and so preparing court cases is just so natural for me. I prepare court cases every day. I know how to write out a statement. I know how to gather evidence. And so I do that both in the natural um, and in the spiritual, just gathering, okay, what, what have you, you know, said to the Lord? What has the Lord said to you? What is, what is the book? What has your journey been? These are questions I ask every day. What has your journey been? Um, what's the evidence that we can bring before the court? You know, and, and you get people go, you know, well, I, I sold this $5,000 three years ago and I've just seen nothing on it and it's actually caused me heartbreak and loss. Okay, well, we can take the evidence of that um, financial sowing and we can bring that into the court. This is evidence before the courts of heaven. And so gathering all of, all of, all of that, you know, what's, here's your book, here's your life. What's the difference between it? Let's go get justice so you can shift timelines and actually come into alignment with what God's called you to do and you can do it in a leap. Um, my husband's been speaking about this being a leap year 
And the Lord's actually calling us, if we just align our hearts to the Lord, it won't take the months and the years to get back on track. It'll be a leap of timelines. We come straight back in the moment that our hearts set and um, we deal with those issues that um, the Lord was putting his fingers on. And so I love that we get to go into the courts of heaven as the prosecutor. The enemy is not dragging us in there. We go in and we're prosecuting him for everything that he's taken and stolen. And so we go in and we demand that he come into uh, the courts of heaven and we demand that he lay on the table everything that he's hiding and using against us so that we can deal with it and he's no longer got any hold of it. And so that I, I find it so empowering, the courts of heaven, that we can go in and we can make a demand um, on the enemy to reveal everything that he has. He can't, like, there's nowhere he can hide his evidence. He must, in the courts of heaven, reveal everything. I love that. So, it's, yeah, I, I find it very empowering. That's awesome. That is so cool. Um, I think I made this clear, but I just want to make sure everyone knows when you keep referring to your husband. Um, Rachel's <laughs> married to Todd Weatherly, um, hence the name. Uh, Todd is a friend of the show. He's a friend of our ministry, and um, they're both pastors of Field of Dreams in Adelaide, Australia. We're actually going to be there from the time of this recording in like two weeks, in like three days. Wow. Not that I'm excited or anything. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be there in a few weeks, which is awesome. But Todd is, has been on the podcast at least four times. He's, he's come to... Uh, to our advance in October, blessed our socks off. It was just incredible. And um, Rachel and he will be back in November, 2020. So I'll talk a little bit about that in the podcast, but um, yeah, it's the courts of heaven are for us uh, another tool in the, in the toolkit. As a matter of fact, when I go to get the strategy for my business at any given time when I just went to just talk about, just get these questions answered about where I'm going next, I go into the courts because I've learned that there's actually a court of business and finance and it's like a strategy and marketing department. And you can just have, and the angels, here's the thing about this place, most people never go there. So the angels are leaping up for joy when someone enters in that room and opens up their book for their business. Yeah. It's like empty. It's like a library. And so um, what, for those of you who are not very prolific seers, like, like, like Rachel, you know, you can just ask yes or no questions, write down the alternatives and just have the Holy spirit lead you that way. Ask for permission into the courts of business and finance, ask for the angels to assist you to open up the books. And what's so cool is that when um, I, I, we know a lot of seers and when, when, um, when angels are dealing with someone who can't see very well, they're putting flashcards in front of their faces in the spirit. They're putting like different colors. Like it's almost like charades or something where they're, they're trying really hard to get the person's soul to perceive of what the spirit is already um, getting. And so they're, they want to help you. So don't be intimidated. The courts of heaven is an incredible uh, defensive weapon against the enemy, but it's also a very um, incredible offensive weapon 
when it comes to getting books and scrolls landed as, as Rachel just said. So I do think it's really cool because I, I know uh, that you deal a lot in the courts and Todd shared a, a lot of that when he was here. And I just think it's so cool how the courts of heaven for you has become this convergence on, on both things. And, and it brings both sides of your realities and, and your callings together in a really beautiful way. And I will often um, in a physical courtroom setting, get the overlay of the heavenly courtroom in that situation um, and ask for justice on in, in an unjust environment, ask for justice um, on behalf of, of my clients um, and on behalf of cases that, that I'm running. So I'll get the overlay within the courtroom. Um, and so I'll be looking past the judge um, to my judge. Wow and getting that verdict through it's fun it's so much fun <laughs> incredible it's so cool it's so cool and even if your business isn't um law or you're not an actual lawyer this is something you can still employ is the courts yeah. of heaven absolutely absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. business deals and, and, and in anything getting favor um in in marketing in in a product placement um, within supermarkets, you know, the, the, just getting f the favor of the Lord to be visible. Mm. That, is so good. that is so good. Um, another thing is that resources, the courts of heaven is a place where resources are dispensed, including angelic hosts to help. So if it's an executive angels, uh, angels that are there to connect you. So, uh, those that have an assignment of divine connections, um, angels of strategy, executive, there's all kinds of angels, uh, warfare angels that get dispensed in the courts of heaven. So um, I'm so happy that you're bringing this out. And that's part of the reason why I didn't exactly know what you were going to say, but I, part of the reason why I think you're on this podcast is because there are a lot of people who are running businesses who are trying to get something up and started and they're doing it without this tool. And it's an incredibly effective way to push through some of those barriers. Absolutely. I'm just getting, and, and wisdom, um, strategy, like you said, you know, from the courtrooms of heaven. And the courts of times and seasons mm. um, is a great place. I go there often for business and just pulling the, the business back onto its, its timeline, setting the seasons. Um, I love the whole discussion um, around time and, and what time is and that we're to take dominion over time and not be under time. Um, and that's, and so, you know, in business, we often people, what you hear, I'm, I'm, I run out of time. I haven't got enough time. Time is the enemy of business. And you go, no, no, you actually are called to take dominion over time. You can go into the court of times and seasons and take dominion over time so that there's not a constant rush, a constant behind the eight ball. And so going to um, the courts of times and seasons is really important for a business so that you can get everything done and that there's no sorrow added to it. You're not constantly stealing time from family, stealing time from being with the Lord, all of those things that no, you actually have taken control of time over your business. Oh my gosh, that's so good. It feels like Rachel and I actually haven't spoken at all about this. No. Um, and 
we talk over texts and stuff, but we really haven't spoken. <laughs> but everything she's saying is kind of tracked along with what God is doing with me. And it's just really cool to see that synchronization. Um, I remember being in prayer and I was in the, I was in the um, court of times and seasons. And what he was doing was actually synchronizing my times. Because yes. time has a rhythm and it's a pattern and we can kind of get off. And a little bit off pattern over time leads to a massive change in trajectory. And so what he did was he, he brings me there for calibration and recalibration. So that the cadence of heaven is what is reflected in the cadence of my business and the, in the cadence of my life and some of the things that God wanted to put in it. He said, come, let's come here. You need to get. Yes. And so that was something that the Lord, that I'm telling you, it was so crazy to where I had a, my spirit woman got a watch just to make sure that my times were synchronized to heaven's times. Wow. I mean, this is, this is some good stuff, Rachel. <laughs> that's fun. That's so good. You know, that's where anxiety comes from. Yes. Yeah. When we're out of sync. Yes. You can, you, your, your, your soul and your spirit, if they're out of sync and out of sync with the book, then you get that anxiety. It's gripping and it feels like time rules you. Yes. That's really good. It's almost an indication that you need to go back and get resynchronized yeah. to heaven. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Ooh, fun. I know. This is, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I want to move into what revelations the Lord has given you, to you about business, about your industry, about where things are going, where things are moving. I think it's no accident that 2020, um, I'm starting this podcast. I think there's something about this decade where um, God really wants the people of God to move into some things that they've been afraid to, unable to, uh, resisted from, whatever that is, is I think we are, we're setting up a stage where the people of God can really move into victory on, on the seven mountains. And so I love to kind of hear about some of the revelations the Lord is giving you about business, industry, whatever he's sharing with you in this moment. I think um, one of the things uh, that even as Christians, we have seen ourselves as second class citizens, um, bowing our knee to the intimidation of the, the spirit of the world. And the Lord's actually calling us all up higher to actually recognize and walk in revelation of sonship. Um, and one of the things that the Lord's speaking to me about this decade um, is the judgments and the mercy of the Lord and not to be fearful of the judgments of the Lord because we need those things in order to rid ourselves of that which is keeping us off the scrolls and keeping us off um, original design, away from original design because these things attach to us um, and we actually need the judgments of the Lord to come and cut those things away. Personally um, and as a body, we need the holiness um, of the Lord 
to come back into the church so that we can actually stand up tall. Um, and so I really believe that this is a decade where the sons are actually called to be revealed, no longer head down, um, no longer bowing the knee to intimidation, but standing up and saying, no, this is right. No, this is just. And I won't run my business um, the way of the world. I will run my business um, kingdom-minded. I will run my business um, not at a 90% discounted rate because I'm a, I'm a Christian, um, but I will run my business at its true value because I am a son. Um, and so really rising up, getting rid of false humility, getting, but also getting rid of pride, allowing the judgments of the Lord to come and set the standard. Um, in all of that, there is always the mercy of the Lord. Uh, he is constantly gracious towards us, but we should not fear the judgments of the Lord. We should welcome the cutting away of those things that keep us off our scroll and, and keep us away from our original design. I really believe it's the decade of the revealing that all of creation is waiting for. Creation is waiting for us to wake up and understand and walk in who we are, the royalty that we are. And I know that that's used as a throwaway line. Oh, I'm royalty or I'm, but, but we are. Um, and what does that look like? It looks like belonging to a house. It looks like belonging to a kingdom and representing that kingdom um, in its fullness without holding back um, from our position of authority, um, our position of being called to take dominion. So not being run over, um, not having the world call the shots constantly and always being on the back foot. Um, and I really believe that that will take a level of um, awakening in the body unto creativity and being progressive so that as we stand for righteousness, we're also bringing along with it this fresh creative wave of business um, of art, of music, so that people can come into alignment with, with that. Instead of going, these are the Christians just trying to hold on to a conservative mindset. They say, no, these are the Christians leading the way in industry and doing it with honesty and, and doing it in truth and doing it in right character. Um, and out, then out of that mountain of innovation, the finance flows where we can then pour out into the poor, pour out into the needy, where we're, we're no longer the needy and the poor being poured into, but we are taking the mountain and we can pour out the mercy of the Lord. So that's what I really believe that that's the decade that we're in right now, the revealing of the sons and waking up to who we are. Wow, that's so good. If someone is listening to this and says, you know, I believe that I am a son, 
but I'm not walking in it. And I'm still struggling with identity. Mm -hmm. What do you lead people as a, as a pastor through that place of, I call the journey, um, slave, slave ship to sonship. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, how, how do you lead people there? And, and it's, it's really about them. You know, we underestimate the word of God. And people really, we need to feed on the word of God and feed on the identity words of the Lord and ask him, what does that look like? Okay, I read it in the Bible, but what does that look like when I engage in business? It, looks, it doesn't look like always going for that lowest common denominator. It looks like setting value to what we do. You, you have value and then the world tells you that you lack value so you reduce your prices or you reduce your product or you put your product on the, on the lower end of, of the scale. And God goes, no, no, that's not how royalty behaves. That's, that's not a royal doesn't think that way. You think, okay, I'm going to put it on the top shelf. I'm going to make the best product. A spirit of excellence is something that we need in Christian business. And that is not perfectionism. See, perfectionism comes out of fear, fear of punishment, fear of not being good enough. But a spirit of excellence comes out of worship. And so when we do something in a spirit of excellence, we worship him. And so that's like starting to shift your mindset to what would it look like if this was the best product? If this was the best service, what would it look like for me to believe that? That I actually have value, significant value, because maybe I'm not um, the smartest in the room, but I am called and I have the wisdom of heaven. And actually believing that that substance, it's not a, it's not a throwaway. I have, I'm not smart, but I have wisdom. No, no, it's actual substance. You have the wisdom of heaven completely available to you. And so what does it look like to believe that and put value on it? That's really good. That's really good. Um, it's so interesting because this is one of the things that the Lord revealed to me is that, you know, we talk, you're talking about sonship, sonship, but I'm so happy that you, that we're, this conversation has gotten there because Oftentimes we're looking for um, the endowment of God to rest upon us. We want our inheritance in order to live out our destiny, but our inheritance are only given as sons. Yep. So it is a prerequisite of inheritance to be a son, to operate as a son. And if you don't identify with that, your positional reality as a son, you can't have access to an inheritance that God has laid up for you. Yes. And the inheritance that God has for you is what you need as the endowment to actually fulfill your destiny. That's where that provision is coming out of. One of the things I teach my business classes is really how to connect your heavenly inheritance into your business. Yes. Because you can just get what you're allocated here, but we don't realize that we actually can live out of the abundance of our inheritance in heaven. But yes. that is not accessible to those who are still under a slave mentality or um, a bastard spirit. You really 
need to move into the place of sonship and understanding of what that means in order to have access to that inheritance. And so in this decade, it's an incredibly important and imperative position to take is to really see the Lord on the issues that are separating you and him from, you know, understand you from understanding your position as a son in him. So thank you for that, Rachel. That was really cool. It's really awesome. So as we wrap this up, is there anything else you'd like to share about kingdom business and your experiences that, that may be helpful to the audience? Um, look, I just, I just think that going right back to the beginning um, of, of what we spoke about is that constant coming back to the book um, and coming back to understanding one of, one of the things um, I always I, I'd say to myself when I'm, I'm walking into my law firm, okay, you're the senior partner. The senior partner gets the say in the way everything that's run. And I, I constantly put that imagery in my mind when dealing with anything that I would deal in business if I were to have a board because I'm, I'm um, a, a small business. But if I were to have a board, because this is how I think about making decisions, I, if I were to go into the boardroom and he was a senior partner, what are the issues that I would take to a board um, to make for my decision, uh, for my business? And those are the matters that I bring before him for him to make the final decisions on. I would never walk into a board unprepared. Um, if I had a board, I would walk into a board having done board uh, meeting, having done all of my research have in the natural, having all of my papers ready, um, having all of my cost analysis done, but then you would come and you'd present it to the senior partner to make a final decision. And that's how I think about making decisions in, um, in my business. I get it all done, I think about it all, have it all written out, I've done all of my research, and then I go, okay, here, Lord, here's everything that I know how to do in the natural. Um, there are things that I know I don't see What's your decision on this? And so that's how I can think about making decisions um, in business. So, and always, always getting the word of the Lord. Always getting the word of the Lord because the word of the Lord is substance. Um, I don't pretend to be um, a faith giant. Faith is a journey that I'm walking on with the Lord about the, you know, understanding faith in its fullness. So I'm having this constant conversation with the Holy Spirit. Okay, what's faith? Explain to me, Faith, that this is an ongoing, rolling conversation. And he just says to me the other day, you know, Rachel, you think that Peter stepping out of the boat was faith. That wasn't faith, that was courage. It was the word of the Lord, the substance that he stepped on, that was the faith. When he said, Lord, if that's you, then call me out on the water. And the Lord said, come. And he walked out on that word and that was faith. So it will take courage to step out of the boat. But if you want substance to stand on, you need the word of the Lord. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you so much for being with us and sharing your journey, the revelations that the Lord has given you. It has just been absolutely outstanding this entire time. Um, if you want to see Rachel and hear more from her, she is again a pastor at uh, Field of Dreams in Adelaide, Australia. She will actually be at um, our Bride Tribe Advance. 
she and Todd Weatherly, right? You look yeah. surprised. No, I, no, I'm excited. That was an excited face. <laughs> She's like, I am. Yeah, she will be. It's going to be an amazing time in November 2020. Uh, she and Todd are going to share some amazing revelations. They're coming out to Texas. You'll hear more information about that in the future. But for now, God bless you. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to see you in a few weeks. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This podcast is a production of Bride Ministries International. Visit our website at brideministriesinternational.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church, the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially.